0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Alan Moore, and you're listening to Gaelic Games Europe's twice weekly podcast, This Sunday's Game. A very warm welcome to the first This Sunday's Game of the summer. Around the Europe, clubs are tentatively returning to training, and as we'll find out soon enough, showing the way through GAA. Last week, sports journalist Mark Gallagher did a piece for the Irish Daily Mail and the 42.ie. On just how Gaelic Games Europe has handled the lockdown and, importantly, a phased return to training. From Copenhagen and Zurich to Munich and Maastricht, he virtually travelled Europe to bring back best practice for the GAA community in Ireland. We discussed with him just how County Overclub might be better to begin with, the challenges for sports media, and just how Northern Spain might hand Donegal a third All Ireland title. But first, a bit of news. Having joined fellow pundit Pat Spillane in slamming the cautious and socially responsible approach taken by the GAA, Colm O'Rourke was slapped down by ex monaghan star Dick Clerkin, Labelling himself a maverick, the secondary school principal is willing to gamble on public safety. O'Rourke told Joanne Cantwell on Sunday that, Maybe I'm more of a risk-taker. I think the initial approach of caution was a good one, but I think it's time now to be moving on quicker. Particularly in the cases of under-15s, we should be getting these people back out we need to get them away from their devices. And of course he went on then to play the mental health card. Physical and mental well-being is a very big issue. I think the GAA are being ultra-cautious on this one. He turned to Clerken and said, I think we need to move on a bit quicker, and I hope Dick and his group would be advising a speedier return to action. That group of course is the COVID-19 task force group that Clerken is a member of, and he based his argument more on facts. He told Canto and O'Rourke, You have to be conscious of the scale of the GAA. In many ways, the size and membership of the GAA is its greatest strength. When it comes to this public health issue, it's arguably its greatest challenge. You've over half a million playing members. En masse, it could have a huge impact on public health. Of course, he went on then to talk about the Bundesliga, another professional league, setting up and finished off by saying that when this started, I have to say, the overriding sentiment was one of caution. It was, you're doing the right thing, no rush back. There was no anxiousness about getting back to play quickly. And there was even people saying, scrap the year. That was four weeks ago. We finished up by saying that we will learn an awful lot in the next couple of months for the professional sports that are back playing, the transmission race between players and so on. We'll be taking all that information and we'll have a roadmap that will be predicated on making good forward steps. I think we're moving on at a fairly fast pace, and we'll move as fast as we can within the Government guidelines. That's really all we can do. The GAA Return to Play Roadmap will be announced this Friday, ahead of Phase 2 of the Irish Government Plan, which begins on June 8th. As we'll find out shortly, the financial impact of ensuring health and well-being for GAA clubs and their members in Ireland just might be a step too far given the collapse in revenues at all levels of the Association. Course, President John Horn has repeated what he told us on this Sunday's game that the burden on club volunteers is just too much to take a chance with. A social distancing scandal has cost an Austrian team top spot. LASK of Linz were docked six points and made to pay 75,000 euros, meaning that they fell behind Red Bull Salzburg before a ball was even kicked in the Austrian Bundesliga. The reason was a video leaked of LASK players training in groups larger than six. Both Lask and Salzburg return to play tonight. The Red Bull side are now leading by three points. And finally, just why can Spain deliver a third All-Ireland to Donegal? Bones in Valladolid. In 1602, Red Hugh O'Donnell died while en route to ask the King of Spain for aid. He was buried in the same chapel as Christopher Columbus. The Chapel of Wonders on Valladolid's Constitution Street is now the scene of a major archaeological dig. So, as we'll hear from Mark Goller shortly, what was good enough for Leicester City might be good enough for Donegal. And i begin by asking Mark just what did he discover when he began his survey of Gaelic games in Europe?
1: Well, just uh, protocols and measures that they're following. Like, um, Anthony McDermott from Munich was telling me that they disinfect um, footballs and gloves and training cones every 15 minutes. And it was the same in Copenhagen, actually. and. Um, they had to do an inventory of everything that uh, players touch before they did training. And as someone in Copenhagen said to me, "You don't realise how often players touch things during training, like even flags and ladders for agility training." So all those an inventory of the, all those had to be done, and then they all have to be in the regular field, say ten or fifteen minutes during training. <clears throat> and then just the fact that um, squads are training in pods of four and five, uh, and they're allowed to mingle or mix between the pods um, Anthony McDermott in Munich told me that um, whatever pods were given the first week of training that's going to be the pods until until it gets back to an even more sense of normality like they'll be training those same pods for the next few weeks as I was saying in the piece and as, as Tony Bass said I mean, th- this could be a template for um, what happens in Ireland when the GA eventually returns or sort of makes a tentative return because they're going to have to follow the same guidelines, I presume. They're going to have to train. They won't be able to train in a group. They'll have to train in four or fives. They'll have to disinfect everything. So, yeah, I think Europe could be a template for what will happen here in an You know, because, again, we, we're seeing it, like,
0: gradually moving along in Europe. So yeah. when we have, for example, even in terms of soccer, uh, in some countries, <coughs> football, like it's coming back, like in yeah. Spain, in a couple of weeks' time. And one of the things they put down is that you disinfect the training fields before and after training. I mean, the, the cost involved in <laughs> that for a professional club is already tough yeah. How do you think clubs in Ireland, you know, what you heard, what we're doing in Europe, do you think it's, it's viable? Do you think that clubs will be like in a bit of trouble with that?
1: Yeah, when that, that's the big thing. The cost of it, like, is the big thing. Uh, for every small GA club, I don't, uh, yeah, is that viable? Like, to have disinfectant and to have the possibility of a coronavirus officer or they'll be training to make sure that all the protocols are followed. Which is happening in a lot of European countries, and it has been mooted here as well. I think so. That's the big issue, and that's why I think I know the GA have said the clubs will come back first. But if you look at it practical terms, like it's easier to monitor and organise county teams because there's less of them, and there's a, a certain number of players, and they know what players they are. I know the GA saying the right thing; they want, they want clubs back first. But I mean, if you were to think about it, it might be easier to get counties back. But I know. The GA won't say that, but it might be easier to get county teams back first because if they to the, do if there's to follow all these protocols, then it'd be easier to monitor with just a certain number of county teams rather than every club in the country,
0: of course. Because even if you look at it, if you like, um, even the sense when bit like, um, we see in the UK but getting schools to go back in and primary schools mm. here in Russia, they're saying, but and the madness of it where you've got kids who'll be it's going to be very hard to try and control kids in any case, you know, and it yeah, yeah. goes to GAA training as well. So kids go in training and then they go home and then they're visiting grannies and grandas and elderly relatives. So it's that kind of, um, how do you keep it a, keep a tabs? And So it does yeah. make sense to have county teams back. What would be the main argument against county teams coming back before clubs, would you reckon,
1: Mark? Um, the GAA don't want to be seen to be serving just the 2% of players. Like, that like But that, that's a big... That's a big issue here in Ireland at the moment anyway. it's 98% of club players are just forgotten and ignored, and so it's all about the county. So, and Crow Park won't we seem to be feeding into that perception, so they prefer to get club teams back. Something difficult, but sorry, um, just the whole idea of training social distancing, and this is where Europe, the European county board will come in handy, is um, Munich um, already they devised a way doing drills while social distancing. And so it's probably something that the clubs and county teams around will look at. Because if you think about Gaelic training or Hurling training, it's very hard to do it when you're physically distancing. But um, they seem to have devised some somewhere anyway, so some of the clubs in Europe. So that'll be interesting. It It will be, because especially when you're working in
0: pods, and I mean, the danger is, we know ourselves, poking a ball or kicking a ball, it doesn't always go in the direction you want. But you do then, like, I mean, do you you immediately disinfect it, or you take that ball out of play or, you know, if someone says, will you give us our yeah. ball back, what happens? Mm. In, in ter- with cost, of course, we, we see cost being dreadful, but it looks like the, the GAA are going to be, uh, John Horan told me, around 50 million in the hole this year alone. Yeah. With the progress that GAA has made in, in developing a really kind of an increasingly up marketer, a, a very strong brand, a very strong image, do you think this can set them back a few years or they're going to just be the same
1: with all the other sporting organisations? Our- They'll definitely set them back. I mean, if they do effectively use the championship season then, and as John Horn pointed out, it'll cost them £50 million at least, or possibly more, then it will set them back in. But they're in a strong position. I mean, the brand recognition and the fact that it's a it's championship, Like they, they in a, I think they're in a strong position that many sports in Ireland just bounce back from this. And the fact that the GA have... They were right front and centre when um, the pandemic kicked off here. Like they, they offered up Crow Park as a testing centre and closed down. Not they were quick to close down on the grounds. So that'll all um, stand for them. If, if and when we do get back to some sort some sort of, some sort of um, normality.
0: And spoke with the LGFA and Camogie as well. Uh, that in in general, say women's sports, say for example the Women's Super League in England, the professional soccer league. Yeah. Has been basically scrapped. Now in yeah. Germany, it's going ahead. The the Frauenliga, the women's league, there is going ahead. Mm. Um, would you think that the GAA is going to benefit from this? That there will be maybe a bit of a drift towards you know a, a, an intake of of athletes from other sports because you know people aren't dependent on it for their livelihoods, and that people will say, well, hold on, they did the right thing, so we we'll move to them, or it won't make much of a difference. That, that's an interesting
1: point. There. Yeah, possibly, like ladies' football. Has ladies football been cancelled this season yet? Or no, no, no. It's come, back longer, so, it's come back the same with yeah. the men's. Uh. It's, come, it's, it's come back, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Th- th- yeah. there's a strong possibility that. I mean, obviously, yeah, you saw what happened in the Super League. just called it off. So, yeah, th- th- that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't have about that. But that's, that's a good point. It's, just, it's
0: something interesting that I, I haven't asked anyone at home that will people start yeah. to drift towards GAA, especially, like, female athletes, because you know, everything's been cancelled and they might pick up. If, if, yeah. I mean, just, uh, just a, an idea. A couple of things that were interesting for me, um, especially working in media as well. How how has the Irish sports media been hit? And especially the paper media, because, you know, GAA games and results are your lifeblood. And they're the thing that live yeah. sales because people want to pick up <coughs> the, the mail and have a look and see, okay, how do we do? And so on and so forth. How, how has business been affected?
1: Well, in, in general, newspaper business is um, very badly affected because, obviously, the economy shut down, so nobody's advertising, so advertising's gone through the floor. So that's affected. That's had a knock-on effect in, like, in every, every section of the paper. As regards the sports section itself, it's funny because um, this time of year, and I've noticed that's not just in the own paper, but through all the papers, this time of year, you'd be caught in the treadmill of championship and you'd just be going from one week to the other, thinking about games and like, thinking about last week, oh, I was doing Galtrow maybe this week, maybe the Limerick. And you just be caught up in that from week to week. So it's, it's, it ends up being just a cycling the kind of treadmill. It's, it's nearly impossible to get off during the summer. But because there's no games, people have had to think outside the box and there's also some really good feature feature writing across the papers over the last few weeks. Because people have had a chance to, I suppose, take a step back and take a breath and think about other things, rather than what the three or four massive championship games are coming up this weekend. So that's it to say. The funny thing is, there's been some really, really good writing in um, sports media in Ireland over the past six or eight weeks. And I think, can I use the UK as an example as well? So it's the same thing in the UK. And it's not just nostalgia style Well, it's, it's a lot of nostalgia pieces, but it's not just in nostalgia pieces. People have looked at different sports that don't get coverage, and athletes doing great things in sports that mightn't be covered. I just know for myself, like like I talked a couple of weeks ago to a girl called Carol Donovan. She's from Sligo. But she, oh, the, the karate girl. Uh, yeah, karate girl. Terrific yeah. story. Terrific story. Yeah. It's, um, but, uh, I probably wouldn't have had a chance to do that only. No. If championship was on, because I'd just be caught the madness, there's GA Championship every year, so th- th- that's actually been one kind of positive, if you can call it that. But yeah, I mean, so the the Irish sports media responded pretty well that um, there's no live sport to report on. So, well, I mean, it, again, I mean,
0: with uh, even looking as you did, looking outside the the regular kind of um, yeah. the, the parallelogram shows, you won't say box because that's soccer, so it's yeah, we'll yeah, outside yeah. the parallelogram. And and looking at Europe and, and and seeing that because there's very few in uh, reporters in Ireland, you know, who would bother with that. Whether it be America, whether it be Australia, Europe, yeah. Ga is very localized. And yeah. so, I mean, I I look for results at home as well. I don't care about what's happening in America. So you know, in, yeah. and I'm in Europe. So it it is, it is that thing. Um, a of, we we just finally said to ask you. Um, it's been doing the rounds that uh, the that the coronavirus was set up for or by China to prevent Donegal and Windy
1: all Ireland. I'm been- <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too sure about that. They, 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 they have found radioactive diamonds and um, bones in Spain this week, so.
0: I oh, would. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when
1: they found the found Richard returns, bones last year I went down in the league, so maybe that's a good save for Donegal to win all Ireland. Where were they found yeah. in Spain? Oh, in north of Spain, somewhere. That's the villain, I think it's called.
0: I'll have a look at it because uh, we, we, we'll yeah. be speaking about Spain this week in the podcast as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll have a check of that because yeah. the only thing, though, it, it, it might not work for Donegal. You had to bring the bones back.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they have to be re interned in Donegal.
0: There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Do you think it's unfair in a way that Donegal have to face off? The, the, the heavyweights in Ulster um, because they, they are a superb team and they're not a, a typical Ulster team as well. Like they, they play a lovely brand of football.
1: That, that's yeah. That, that is true. The Ulster um, Championship tends to take a lot out of them, but tend, it certainly has the last two years. But then a got the Super Eight. So. Then again, they're going for three in a row, in Ulster, this year. If the Championship has played. So. That's it. Um, the whole idea of suspension of the the season. Murphy'll be a year older next year. Like he's turned thirty-one. in August so he's only got a few years left in him. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: you have to have to it's start him.
1: Yeah, it's just a pity. This season was because they're offline in the league. Yeah, it's awful. Games in that. They were looking good.
0: Before, before we go away, in terms of um, now with GA coming back and and you know, we, I'll touch with you, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah um, <laughs> with, with GA coming back, how difficult do you think it's going to be for players to get a heads back in the game? Uh. And also for supporters, do you think there'll be a big rush at games and then all of a sudden they'll taper off? Or do you think are people are going to be a bit scared?
1: Yeah, well, this is the big thing. <clears throat> will supporters want to go to games? Whether games are played behind closed doors or not, Like that, that's the other thing. Like, if they do play champs, are behind closed doors. But if it's not, and the social distancing grounds, will, will, will spectators and um, members of the public, that's if you're safe enough to go to games? That's a big thing, especially like the older people. I, think, I don't know. I mean, n- nobody knows, do they? So we're, we're just kind of feeling in the dark here because nobody knows like what's the future is going to bring, like with this uh, with, the, with the pandemic. So, like, would you feel safe going to a game at the moment? Or? That's a great question. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, uh, that's
0: that's, that's that, 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 I, you know, it's something I, I haven't asked myself. I honestly, I. Yeah. When I, was home for I con- haven't either Yeah, I I haven't even thought about that. I haven't yeah. even thought about going back training. I, I really Yeah, I, I I train myself at home and I kick around with the little yeah. fella outside. But I, I haven't thought about what it's going to be like going back to training. It seems so far away. When I was home for Congress in in uh, the end of April, start of Mar- February, start of March, the thing that was in my head uh was like my mum was uh, no, she, I won't say her age, but she's at an age where, you know, she's still working, but it's it, it uh, like question marks. If I went home and took something back with me or if I went out and met or, you know, were, you yeah. know, went to a match, what would happen then? And I've got other relatives yeah. who are of an age as well where it's a little bit difficult. So what do I do? Do I go home and not see my mom, not see my uncles and aunts? It's a very, yeah. especially if you go to a game. You know, and, and yeah. I I dreadfully miss it. I, I it's I still feel we're only in January because like there's been no Gaelic football, no hurling, no, no.
1: The, the, the the option is and it's been brought up, John Kelly's brought it up and Sheehy's talking about it as well. If they can't bring Christ games and crowds game, possibly play the Championship and close doors. Which would be odd, but I mean I, I watched I was talking about Spire in the other day, and... <laughs> I know we're talking. I know we're talking about two of the best teams in Europe, but like the <laughs> quality of football was still pretty good. So I, I think players will get their heads round. I think a couple of games. I think players will get their heads around factors fact, there's no supporters on the ground, and that, that might be that might be the option. I, the, it, it, the, the difference is, you, you, like I was. I, I was speaking
0: with Killian Sheridan there, Poland, and telling me how they how they're preparing, and and I did ask him sort of when we finished, what would be like playing behind closed scores He goes, "We said we've we've had fairly feisty." Um, first team against reserve training matches yeah. training matches, uh, and you hear shouts from the sideline he said would you just get on with it so when you're playing it you play it so I think I think you're very right on that that players will get their yeah. heads around it the only difference would be they go home to their families yeah well that's
1: that's the big, no, yeah, that's, that's uh,
0: big, the, big issue you, you probably saw over in, in America they for the NBA they're looking to cocoon the basketballers in Disney yeah. World And now the ice hockey leagues that are going to just play a straight playoff. Twenty-four teams go through, and they'll be based in one of two cities. So these are lads who get paid full time to do it. So it's a tough one for um, for GAA. But do do you think? What's just before we go? One last question. What's been the toughest Mm -hmm. thing for you in the coronavirus outside of the outside of work issues and getting
1: to go to games and see games? Yeah, the, the thing I'm most concerned about is actually uh, before old son, he's, he's not getting to go to play to play with her kids. Th- that has been a bit of a worry, but I say that, yeah, not getting up to see my family and my go That's, that's going to be a while, yeah. But uh, apart from that, yeah. <laughs> that's it, I mean, I mean we're, we're 10 weeks or 9 or 10 weeks the lockdown now, so it's not really, uh, as people are calling it, it's not really new normal. So it's amazing what your head to get used to. <laughs> no it's, a, it's something
0: like a, a, someone was joking with you today, saying like, um "You know, I always thought that I'd never make it in prison." He said, "But I'm doing it, and I'm thinking, no, it's it's not yeah. quite prison, you know. You see, you 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 can walk next door to the spa and you buy a few bags of sweets for yourself, but like in the prison, it's a different thing." But uh, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for covering games Europe as well and what we're doing in the, in the continent. It's we're neighbours. Yeah.
1: Know, it's it's a big thing for us as well. So, there's, there's, there's over ninety clubs there, isn't there? So like, I mean, it's, I mean, you've grown every year as an organization or as a county board. The, so, second club so. being set up in Russia, which oh, yeah. yeah, by
0: Russians. But so Russians are setting up a second club, and in in France, for example, most of the clubs, the twenty odd clubs there, most of the clubs were set up by French or or non-Irish. So we've we've got okay. over half of members are non-Irish. Own, but uh, it'll be a few years before we start to play in in, 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 uh, in the county <laughs> championship you know like we'll <laughs> we'll take on the Kilkenny footballers and mm, the allowed uh, mm, yeah. hurdles first you know so we'll do that <laughs> Mark listen thanks a million thanks yeah okay no worries thanks as the final whistle blows on this episode of this Sunday's game we'll have to thank Mark Gallagher for his time and we'll be back again same time same place on Sunday so until then take care of yourselves and each other